Welcome to Unbreakable Spirit, stories of inspiring and thriving with Jennifer Seven, co-author of a book that is part of the Sisterhood Folios, a number one international bestseller. This is a podcast about real women who've overcome tremendous obstacles and come out on the other side to thrive. Whether their hardships were financial, relational, or health, these women dug deep and found the light out of the dark to rise from the ashes, to find the ability to forgive, to love, and to live an authentic, joyful life. Now, here is your host, Jennifer Seven. Welcome, Dr. Sherry Yoder. I am thrilled beyond belief to have you here on my Thank show you, this morning. And I'm going to just tell the listeners a little bit about Dr. Sherry that I had the pleasure of meeting a few years ago. And she is just a really amazing person. Uh, Dr. Sherry actually left her rural, small town clinical psychology practice. And it was to answer this risk everything call from within. <laughs> she, she was just uh, called to revolutionize how the world thinks about and treats mental health. And boy, is that something that I think the world really needs to take a look mm-hmm. at, mm-hmm. especially with what's been going on in, our, in the world this last couple of years. Uh, Dr. Sherry believes in the desire and fortitude of every person Mm-hmm. to adopt a thriving mindset, mm-hmm. thriving, being self-honoring, adversity, embracing, and growth willing. Wow. Those are powerful words. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a job. It's a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we want to positively impact our reality. And if we can effectively influence others to do the same, how, mm-hmm. how phenomenal is that? Dr. Sherry is a thought coach, which I can't wait to hear more about. She's a podcaster. Her podcast is Thriving Thoughts with Dr. Sherry. She is a brilliant speaker and author. She recently published uh, her own personal experience of thriving through the power of thought Mm -hmm. after a traumatic relationship breakup. And Mm -hmm. she she chronicles this in her book, Breakup Breakthroughs, which I'm excited to hear more about. And most recently, Dr. Sherry has extended her message globally through her new nonprofit, Mm -hmm. Thriving Thoughts Global, which is designed to teach women across the globe in their native languages, which is really something, how to thrive through the simple power of thought. Yes. With with that, gosh, Dr. Sherry, where do we begin? (laughs) I don't know. Well, you know, I I guess... um, with the theme of your podcast, Jennifer, and thanks so much for having me on that just really um, makes me feel honored and special that you thought of me to reach out to me. So thank you for that. Oh, you are so welcome. And thank you for being here. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess uh, let's, um, if it's all right with you, I'd like to share a little bit of a different take on my be deliberate, look reckless story. Um, So that is my motto for life is to be deliberate and look reckless. And that stems from quite a few decisions that I made that I've made personally, professionally, um, to follow what I believe, um, I have to follow. And, um, I don't quite know how to put that into words, Jennifer, other than when, you know, there's something that you are compelled to do, you do it without question. Mm 
and you do it without a thorough risk analysis. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reckless, but trying to be deliberate, right? But being, del- yeah. So being very focused. And so, I mean, I guess I'll just share um, maybe the the pivotal point to, to point to for somebody to maybe think about it in their lives. When you're at this place of, um, I'll, I'll call it like an internal friction. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the scientific word is. Pertur- pertur- perturbate. I can't say that. <laughs> That's perturbate. a rough word. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when the bubbles, when you're boiling a pot of water mm-hmm. and the bubble and the bubbles start to come because the water starts to boil. Yes. Right. Okay. So one of two things happens, either you shut it off and the bubbles go away or it keeps going and then it bubbles over. Right. Like it's uncontrollable. You can't stop that flow. Mm-hmm. It just happens. But there is that, it, that friction that develops those boiling bubbles. And I have no idea where this comes from. It sounds like a cooking show for some reason. <laughs> it's not. Um, it's just the imagery that came to mind as I look back on my personal experience. When I was a practicing clinical psychologist, had a private practice doing traditional, when I say traditional, I mean, I've always had the same philosophy that I have now about, you know, your ability to have agency in your life, your ability to uh, not just look on the bright side, but um, work towards what you want versus trying to get rid of what you don't. Um, so kind of a positive psychology perspective, always had that perspective, but I was practicing traditionally in the sense that, you know, I was taking insurance, I was diagnosing people, all of that. And Mm -hmm. I cannot point to one particular instance that kind of started that boiling process. Um, but I can point to a period of time where that, that boiling process became very evident, uh, to the point where I had trouble sleeping at night. And here's why here's where the friction came. The friction came because I was seeing all these people one-to-one, you know, behind four walls, behind closed doors. Right. And these were human people like you and me with human stories that I was getting to know that I was relating to that were relating to me common human experiences, but to them were uncommon because of, I believe, the the unintended message of the mental health industry that there's something wrong with you if you're feeling these things. Okay. So if you have to go to therapy, there's something wrong with you. Yes. You have to be fixed. You have to be, yeah, there's something wrong with you. You have to be fixed. And we have to figure out what the thing is that's wrong with you before we can fix you. Right. Right. Kind of like you're a car or you're, I, I don't know. It's so we are so much more complex than anything that's diagnosable and fixable. Like period Our every single one of us is so unique that to try to categorize, to try to group people and their experiences into normal versus abnormal I think is a, it's a problem and it's a problem that perpetuates the mental health problems that the mental health industry sets out to fix. So for example, if I'm sad and I don't believe I'm supposed to be sad, or if I am sad, then that must mean there's something wrong with me. Maybe I have an A, a chemical imbalance. Maybe I be, um, you know, haven't figured out how to get things right in my life. Maybe I have clinical depression. Maybe I'm going to struggle with this for the rest of my life. It's, it's all of this kind of problem and, um, almost like death sentence focus on mental 
illness. Um, and I discovered in that space, and I know this is um, highly contested, um, not, well, not even highly contested, but my guess is that a lot of people listening are like, wait a second, what's she talking about? You know, um, but I do believe that there's a different way um, to approach mental health, to revolutionize, to revolutionize mental health in such a way that puts people in the driver's seat of who they are and who they choose to be. Oh, Dr. Um, Sherry, that sounds like such a tall order. I mean, really changing this whole industry, this whole way of looking at things. So, so you would really be a, a thought leader and uh, pushing yes. the envelope for change. Yeah. Well, and that's a good point. And I guess I should clarify, um, I cannot change the entire system, nor do I seek to. Okay. What I seek to do is not, not even to convert people to my philosophy, but to offer people who are looking for something different, Mm. something different, something that I've found that works. And so uh, getting back to, you know, the clients that I was seeing, my heart literally was breaking because these people believed there was something wrong with them. There was this one woman, and I've told this story frequently, um, who she came in and she said, you know, I talked to my psychiatrist today and, or day before, and, um, you know, they changed her medication regimen once again, and I'm not a medication specialist. So I'll say that has its place and and I have nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. I will say in my experience as a clinical psychologist and working with people one-on-one, people who are on medication regimens, get them changed frequently and they very rarely find them beneficial. So in other words, the problems are still there. The problems Um, are still there and it just uh, maybe moderates it for them. Yeah. And I want to give people more power than that. I want to give people more power over what they're, what is happening up here. And when I say up here, I we're on, we're not on the screen in, in your mind, right. In your Mm -hmm. thought world. So, um, she said to, I, she said, I talked to my psychiatrist and she said, um, she told me I'm going to struggle with this for the rest of my life. And I said, do you believe her? And she said, well, yeah. Yeah, Why wouldn't she? Right. Right. She's the doctor. She's the Mm -hmm. psychiatrist. And I realized how gentle we must be, how obligated we must be to be gentle with our words for those of us who are in the mental health profession to give people the agency over their life that is, you know, um, innately theirs It is theirs. It is not my authority to tell you about yourself. Right. It's not that. But that's what the field does is it says, okay, here, let's categorize you into this box. Let's put a label on you. So um, I saw these people with common human experiences and two things struck me, Jennifer, to make this really long story short, um, two things struck me. One was that if these people were having common human experiences, deep sadness, deep anger, deep anxiety, deep frustration, deep relational issues, common human experiences, all to varying degrees, varying severities, varying lengths of time. But they saw them as individual problems that were not to exist. That would impede their ability to deal with them. Because if I believe I'm not supposed to experience this, then I'm going to fight like hell to get rid of it, not to understand it. And oh, use it. wow. That is really interesting. Yeah. So, and then the second thing, 
was I couldn't tell these people about each other. Oh, uh-huh. Right? Because privacy. Yeah. And and you know, that's great. But we are not, we don't live in isolation. We need to understand, we need to talk about the things that we don't talk about the mental health, the common mental health experiences. I got to tell you, Jennifer, there's nobody, including myself, that I've ever talked to when I've directly asked this question, including myself, that's never had a thought that they wish they could disappear, for instance, mm-hmm. at some well, point in your well, life. Well, and how how comforting to know that others yes. are experiencing the same thing, that you're not alone, that you're not yes. the only one in the world feeling this, because then you feel shame and embarrassment mm-hmm. and I'm so broken. Mm-hmm. You're not abnormal. You are normal. And so I thought, how can I get in front of people who would never come see me because of that? Because I'm not going to go see somebody because if I go see somebody, then there's something wrong with me. And if there's something wrong with me, then the word they say about me. Gosh. Right? Oh, so yeah, how the do I stigma, the stigma, yeah. right? Or, or now, my job can't find out about it or my, I don't right. want my friends to know this. Or, yeah. Right. And well, and here's the thing, people don't understand the implications. So when you go to see a mental health professional, you are going to be diagnosed. Whether they tell you, if you're using insurance, you're going to be diagnosed. Of course. Yes. You're going to be. And the problem that I had with this, going back to the boiling pot, you know, pot boiling over the friction was one, this connection with the people that I was seeing and seeing their common human experiences and seeing their understanding and how that was impeding their progress. And then two, this, the fact that in order for me to help you see this hope that you have before you and not the problem before you, in order for you to see the solution before you, I must categorize you. I must label you as something being wrong with you. I couldn't do that anymore. And the reason being, I still have my DSM somewhere. Oh, I see it. It's right over there on the bookshelf. Um, For those that don't know, what is oh, a DSM? <laughs> sorry. Thank you. I live in my own little world sometimes. Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Okay. Mm. So <laughs> fancy, right? That's so we're where in you our, get, like, that's, that's where you get your label. <laughs> that's where you get your label. So we're in our fifth, if not almost sixth revision of that. Um diagnoses come and go. They change names. They're recategorized. And contrary to popular belief, none of these are formulated on a scientific basis. They are formulated on anecdotal and committee basis. Okay. So, but what happens is then we take those on as identity such that when I was in practice and even still now, when I try to explain that I'm a thought coach, that I work with you to identify the thoughts that benefit you, and the thoughts that don't to eliminate the ones that don't and introduce ones that do so that you can get what you say you want out of life so that you can work through these common human experiences. People still say, do you treat bipolar disorder? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I say, and I say, no, I don't. I don't treat a disorder. You are not a disorder. You are a person, a person with complex feelings, complex emotions, complex relationships that are incomparable to anyone. There is no comparison there. So I work with you and your unique strengths, you know, and that's the difference between mental health and physical health. Anatomically, as people, we are the same. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, we are not. 
very unique. We're very unique. That's right. And so these blanket approaches and blanket diagnoses, and I understand that it was intended to give us a place to start, but it's become, it's become almost, uh, it's become an identity. And, and so for people to feel like they are, for example, bipolar, you know, people will say I am bipolar. No, you are not. You've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. What does that look like for you? How does that show? How do you think that shows up for you? Right. Um, Let's talk about this, uh, this individual part of this, because you have power over that. You have power over that. And it doesn't mean you're to blame for the problems that are in your life. It means that you have an opportunity right now to say, what can I do about this? I can do something. I can have agency in my life. And everybody needs agency to have hope, to have fulfillment in life. If you don't have that, if you believe that you have no control over your mental, emotional, relationship, financial, job, whatever, if you believe you have no control over that stuff, then what is the point? I can't tell you how this is resonating with me because I have a child He's a young man now, but he has been diagnosed bipolar and has really struggled. And yes, that's his identity. Yes. I have a, I, I have a bipolar son uh, or he's bipolar or he'll identify himself as I'm bipolar. And yeah. And it's right. And I thank you for sharing that with me. And I hope that you take or receive what I'm saying in the spirit with which it's given, which is love and hope for a different reality that everybody can have a different reality, but we just have to open our minds to it. And I'm a, you know, I'm a stickler for words and our thoughts are made up of words. So a lot of the coaching that I do is working with people on identifying the words that they use and how they stop them dead in their tracks. Right. Just like that woman sitting across from me who said, I'm going to struggle with this for the rest of your, my life. If you believe that, then yes, you absolutely will. Right. Yes. But you can change the language. You can say, I am overcoming this. That's very different than I am struggling with this. That is very different. Positive, very different, positive, uh, what you want to have happen versus what you don't want to have happen. Right. Like if I say, it's the power of expectation. It's the power of thought. The brain believes what we teach it. That's Mm -hmm. it. It's very simple. So if we want to get meta, you know, meta philosophical, what's real, you know, what's real, it's whatever we tell ourselves is real is what's real. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I tell myself that I am struggling with depression today, we'll just use that as an example. I'm struggling with depression today. I'm struggling with depression today. I am more likely to do the things and think the things and feel the things that confirm that I'm struggling with depression. I'm more likely to stay in bed. I'm more likely not to reach out to somebody uh, to isolate. I'm more likely to, um, you know, engage in maybe destructive behaviors that help me feel like I'm, I can disappear for get away from this. Right. But if I say I'm overcoming If I change that message in my brain and it doesn't happen overnight, folks, this is, I I do this lifelong work and I'd be happy to share my own personal experience of nearly debilitating anxiety, which is where this whole little lies, big truths message started. Um, But if I change the message to I'm overcoming depression, you're not denying that it's there, right? 
but you aren't committing to it being there forever. Mm -hmm. You aren't saying this is who I am. You are saying I am overcoming this. And when you train your brain that you are more likely to flip your feet out over the edge of the bed, plant your feet on the floor and get up. You're more likely to say, I am overcoming depression. So I'm going to say yes to that networking meeting. I'm going to say yes to that person who said, hey, can we get on a FaceTime call? You are more likely to do the things that are going to get you out of that than if you continue to weigh under the weight of something. And just to compare this really quickly to um, physical health, Jennifer, nobody, I've never heard anybody diagnosed with the worst thing in the world that every single person has been touched by cancer, right? Yes. Maybe, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world, but you it's pretty, it's pretty bad. It's bad, right? Have you ever have ever heard somebody say I am cancer? No, not once. What is the message around cancer? I'm a fighter. I'm going to fight this thing. I'm not succumbing to it. I'm not resigning to it. I am going to turn over every stone. I'm going to do everything I can do to, uh, to attack this foreign cell that's attacking my body. That is the same thing for your mind. We have thoughts that are malignant, that dig their tentacles deep in, tell us lies until we believe them, and they threaten to just keep dragging us down. What if we changed the message to say, I will stop at nothing to rid my thought world of those malignant thoughts? Because that's what they are, is they're cancerous. Right. And they threaten to choke out the good ones. And I've experienced that for myself. Let's, let's go back to your simmering, boiling point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you got to this point where you just knew you needed to do it differently. Mm -hmm. So then what happened? Oh, well, um, I decided I could no longer, the per first practical thing, I decided I could no longer diagnose people in good conscience. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I, at the beginning of, I think this was 2015, 20, beginning of 2015, maybe the beginning of 2016, I can't re recall right now. Um, I got off of all insurance panels. Okay. Because if you are taking insurance, you have to label. That's right. In order diagnose. to get paid, mm -hmm. get a diagnose. So I essentially went from practicing clinical psychologists to private pay. Okay. And so a number of people um, that, you know, believed in the work that we did together, so they stayed with me. And then a number of people for various reasons from, you know, financial to, uh, maybe I, I want to stick with the traditional system to, you know, whatever it is, not understanding. Um, even though I had conversations with every single one of my clients, a number of people dropped out. In fact, I went from, oh gosh, I don't know, seeing 30 people a week to seeing like five. That's a real difference. <laughs> and, and how did that make you feel? I, I you must've had like, you must've been scared. Yeah, I had a lot of moments of fear, but I couldn't stop putting one foot in front of the other. It, it was like, once I did it, I had to keep going. And so, um, so I, I just changed the model, you know, the how, your who 
if you have a desire to help people to see themselves differently, to give them some a gift, whatever through whatever means that is, your how can always be different. It can it doesn't have to be the same. So here I was, you know, I had my doctorate in clinical psychology. I had a second master's in applied behavior analysis, so I was doing some behavior analytic work with um, people on the on the autism spectrum and some other things. Um, but so I had, you know, all of these degrees, all of this experience, all of this time, all of this money and student loan debt, you know. So a lot of people going back to the be deliberate, look reckless, a lot of people, as I started to change the model, going from individual therapy to calling it coaching to eventually calling it thought coaching. Um, I didn't do that initially um, to speaking uh, I started speaking for free at various, you know, civic and community organizations. I started setting up free uh, workshops at the local library because I wanted to share a different message of mental health. And, um, and yeah, there were times when I thought my car was going to get repossessed, honestly. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so was I scared? Sure. Um, however, going to the unbreakable Spirit. When you, when there is something in you that pulls you that strongly and you are that convicted of, there is nothing that can threaten you from not doing it. This inner I mean, belief, this just inner knowing that this is, yeah. this is the right path for you. And when you see that it changes, has the power to transform your own life. And then you see it in other people and it take you know, it takes time. But when you start to see those light bulbs, these moments of going, oh my God, this is my life. I can do something about it. Oh my gosh. Like, oh my gosh, I can do something about this. Even if I don't know how, the fact that I believe I can do something about this changes my prognosis 100 fold. I mean, it has to, because you're the only person that can. And, and, so, and it gives you hope. There's yeah, and hope. It gives you hope. And what we know clinically, you know, but like depression, for example, the beginning of the end is when you run out of hope. That's, that's the beginning of the end. That's where, that's the number one thing they teach you, you know, in grad school and all of your clinical work to assess people on is to assess for what we call hope factors. What do they have really? to live for? Literally hope factors. That's wow. what they're called, hope factors. So what do people have to live for? And once people get to a place where they believe they have nothing to look forward to, and most likely they have nothing to look forward to because they don't believe they have the ability to produce anything, mm -hmm. create anything, establish anything that they change, can change yes. anything. Yep. Um, so anyway, it's, uh, I, I can't remember where I left off, but I, I started speaking and then I started going into organizations, working with a business coach, my former business partner, still a good friend. Um, we started going into organizations because then I could have a captive audience. And so she would approach it from the business angle. I would approach it from the, you know, personal, um, angle. And then, um, after that, I went exclusively to thought coaching, started my podcast, started writing books, and then recently started the nonprofit. That's quite a lot going on there. It is a lot. Well, so Dr. Sherry, when you were in that transition from, this thriving practice to yeah. five clients and worrying about being able to pay your, for mm -hmm. your car. Mm -hmm. What, I, well, I, I think I understand what kept you going, but mm -hmm. did you have moments where you just wanted to give up and crawl under the covers? Yes. So that's a great question. Yes. 
do I still have moments where I have thoughts that come up that say, this is no good. What are you doing? What you're doing doesn't matter. Yeah. Those thoughts are never going to stop. And that's what I teach people is that your doubts are never going to go away. You're never going to get to a place where you're not afraid, where you're fully not afraid. You're never going to get to a place where you're fully confident in your abilities, where you have zero doubts about yourself. Anybody that tells you they don't have doubts about themselves is lying to your face. That's our human condition. We do doubt ourselves. We do doubt our purpose. We do doubt our worth, especially as women. So yes, those thoughts come up. And I have learned over the years to deal with them swiftly and severely. So give me an example of of how you would deal with one of those thoughts that's uh, sabotaging you. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, for so the one, my repeated kind of one that comes up is it doesn't matter what you do. Oh, Mm -hmm. what you do doesn't matter. That's the repeated one. Now, going back to like we the brain believes what we tell it. We don't have control over the thoughts that come into our brains. We don't know where they come from. They just, come, you know, they just come. Combination of experience, whatever. But we have 100% control over what we do with them. And so here's the picture that I give to people. When I have that thought and I still have it, I don't know that it comes any less frequently. Maybe it does. But I'll backtrack to a technique that I used to kind of... Um, teach my brain new tricks, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't have, let me finish that first thought though. You don't have control. You have zero control over thoughts that come into your mind, but you have 100% control and influence over what you do with them and whether or not they stay there. So I give people a picture of somebody knocking on your door, you know, a, a dangerous person knocking on your door, threatening to come in and tear your house down and take all the stuff that's, you know, brings you joy and happiness. Right. Would you let them in? Absolutely not. Right. So why would you let a lie in like nothing you do matters? Because that's exactly what it wants to do. It wants to open the door, come in, have a seat at your table. Have you say, tell me more about how horrible I am. Tell me more about how I'm never going to make it. Tell me more about how nobody needs what I have to offer. And so then all of these other thoughts pour into the door behind it. And so that is the experience that I went through is this, it's kind of this uh, down the rabbit hole effect. And I'm sure Jennifer, you've experienced that yourself. When one thought comes in, if you don't take a hold of that and you refuse to let it in, all of its minions follow. (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) And you're, like you said, you're down the rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah. And, it, and that is a very difficult place to get out of. Now, I want to be really clear about something. This is something, this is a technique that I practice, what I call speaking truth over the lies. So any thought that comes into my mind that is defeating, disparaging, or demeaning is a lie. And that's a great way to identify that. It's a lie. It's pretty so, simple. If it's yeah. a bad thought, it's a lie. Right. It's a lie. And so I have a choice to make, to believe that lie, to let, let it convince me, argue its case. Cause that's what we do, right? We do argue the case sometimes in our mind, mm-hmm. or I can say no, immediately shut the door. Here's what I believe. So to backtrack to this one particular period in my life, 
where I had significant anxiety and I was, it was just an onslaught at that time of thoughts. Not, and, and that was just one of them, but there were others that were more existential, like in nature, like, you know, about my purpose. What does it all mean? You know, just like this anxiety, just all day long. And, um, the only time that it wasn't there was when I was with clients it was when I was one-on-one with clients. And so what I had to do I was on the phone with a friend one time and I told her, I said, I just can't stop it. I just can't stop the thoughts. I don't know what to do. She said, I want you to go and I want you to write down everything you know to be true about yourself. Everything you know to be true. So I did. I wrote that down. But then what I did is I took, I took that and I wrote down every lie that for me, every thought that came into my mind that challenged me to, that I was a horrible person or whatever. Every thought that came into my mind, I took something from that list of my truths and I put it corresponding to that lie such that every single time that lie came up, I would open, I had this pink comp. I wish I had it with me to show you pink composition notebook with like little owls on it. (laughs) So one side of the paper, I had the lies, the other side of the paper, I had the truths every single time. And this is why I tell people it's work. But when you get the reward from doing the work, you will never see that work in the same way. You will always see it as the best thing you can ever do for yourself. So every time one of those thoughts came into my head, I would immediately, immediately open the book, find it and say aloud the truth. I would say, nope. And then I would say aloud the truth that I had written down there. People, this is where the quote came with the, you know, um, what you do doesn't matter. You don't, nothing you do matters. That's kind of the pervasive degrading thought for me that comes in, um, is you were created on purpose for a purpose in the world needs you. Mm. And I say that to every one of my clients because that's my truth. So now, for example, I no longer need that composition notebook because I trained my brain to respond to that. Mm -hmm. However, it's important for people to know, because a lot of times people say, well, I've tried that and that didn't work. I did that for four months. Takes time. It takes time and consistency. I was just going to say and consistency that you're showing up to do it every day, every, every moment. I mean, I must've opened that book hundreds of times a day Wow. at, at some points. Yeah. I mean, just worn pages. Um, But that's how I taught my brain to believe something different. So now when the lies come in, the truth is automatic. Nope. It doesn't mean the lie stops. It doesn't mean that initial, ooh, you know, feeling from the lie isn't there. It just means that it's gone faster because I have practiced speaking truth over it. And I want to encourage anybody, don't, you need those external reminders. I could show you right now. I've got stickies all over right? Like I choose to be kind to myself. I have, when you are going through a thought battle, as I'll refer to it, um, with anxiety or depression or whatever it is, you need, your brain needs external reminders in order to create a new habit, in order to create what I call a new thought loop. You cannot do that when you're in the midst of it. It's just impossible. You have to have an external reminder. It kind of takes you out of it for that's right. That Gets you outside of yourself for a second, remind you because you it, when you're down that rabbit hole, it really is nearly impossible for your brain to even think about that thing that I know I was supposed to think this, but 
No, you have to have it written down. And then eventually it becomes the new thought loop. And it and it's triggered by the old lie. It's so this is so interesting to me because my son in his constant, constant efforts to help himself feel better. He he's actually adopted some of these on his Wonderful. own. Wonderful. So he has sticky notes that he puts on his mirror or even on his dashboard in his car. I love it. Positive affirmation. So I, it it's kind of the same thing, right? A positive affirmation, a it positive is. thought. Um, I think though that the more personal mm-hmm. and the more direct, and I, I one of the things I coach people on is how much do you believe that? Because if you only believe it partially, it's probably not going to be very effective. So you really have to find those truths. You have to dig deep. What do I and, really believe about myself in a positive right, way? Right. And, and, and so, uh, yeah, affirmations are good. In my experience, most of the time, affirm- affirmations are generalized. Generic, yes. Yeah, as opposed to personalized. So that's what I encourage people to do is to write down those truths and speak them, write them on sticky notes. I don't care if your family thinks you're nuts. (laughs) It doesn't matter. You are worth that. You're worth a little discomfort to change the way you think. And it couldn't be a bad thing for the family members to learn how to do that as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I do stuff on my phone. I have stuff on my screensavers. I have stuff on my computer screensavers everywhere, my wallet everywhere. And, and the, the other thing that's important is that unbreakable spirit, I think is just such a beautiful phrase because the truth is your challenges, your struggles, um, your thought battles, they are never going to stop. They're going to morph. They're going to change into new things. That's, just what it means to be a human being to grow. You're never going to be without challenge. Right. So because life is full of challenge. And just when you get through one and you're like, oh, smooth sailing for a while, then something else shows up. And so imagine, right. But imagine if you trained yourself to believe the truth, because if you believe the lie that you're not supposed to have challenge, that you're supposed to overcome something and then be done with it. Then when it comes back, you're really going to be thrown for a loop right. and you're going you're to be say, discouraged. Oh, that didn't work. Yes. That didn't work. So why yes. keep doing it? Why yeah. keep doing it? So, you know, I always like to say, um, say that you are overcoming something. Never that you've overcome because I don't believe that. I don't believe that we ever overcome anything. So it's a work in progress. It's always, always. a work in progress. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that. I, I, I really like that because and you're that, right. That's <laughs> what makes you unbreakable because you're always overcoming. You're quite breakable if you believe you've overcome, trust me. (laughs) Overcoming. I am overcoming depression. I'm overcoming my frustration or whatever it is. Whatever. Yeah. I, I have power over this. I have authority over this. Mm -hmm. Because so many times I think you think you don't. Yeah. You really think you don't. That's that's that hopeless feeling again. Yeah. Wow. That's really very this is just amazing stuff. Dr. <laughs> Thank you for giving me, you know, some airtime to share that. I oh it. gosh. I, I just think that that's such, if people can just take that yeah. from this conversation mm-hmm. to put that word overcoming yes. into your vocabulary and start seeding yourself with that mm-hmm. could really make a difference. It's very powerful. 
Yeah. I want to know how you got to this nonprofit. So let's talk about let's talk about Thriving Thoughts Global. What, yeah. what is that and what are you doing with that? Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so Thriving Thoughts Global is a 501c3 um, here in the States, um, but it is global because we um, you know, ha- have a mission to extend the message that it's possible to thrive through the power of thought, changing the way you think so you can change your life, teaching women specifically to do that across the globe and teaching them to do that in their native language. So the first um, you know, couple of goals, uh, the first thing that I did, um, well, let me, let me back up. Why did I create Thriving Thoughts Global? Because I wanted something that could produce more impact than I could alone. Okay. So Thriving Thoughts Global, a nonprofit, building a team, having a board, getting volunteers, extending tentacles into other countries is a, a lot more than I can do myself. Right. Um, and, and I want as many women to know about this as possible. And I want them to have free access to it because not everybody has the financial wherewithal to work one-on-one with me. There's no, I mean, that's a reality. Mm -hmm. So I want women across the globe to have free access to thought tools that change their life in their language. That's what I want. So the first thing that we did is we um, created a product and I'll show it to you here. It's a 52 card deck. So it's a full color laminated deck. Like you can't bend or break these things um, of thriving thoughts. And these are thoughts just to get people thinking differently. And they are, um, they're a a drop, uh, not a drop. They're on top of, uh, nature photography that one of my board members did. So this is an example. It says great days are made, not had. So it's a beautiful card since you all can't see it with a beautiful picture in the background. And then the thought across the front. Yes. And then the back of the card of every card is the same and it gives different ways to use this. So it says, read it aloud daily, post it in frequented areas, attach it to a gift or a greeting card, pay it forward. You know, Um, that's really why I created this because it's on this ring that allows you to separate it and take one card and give it to somebody you're thinking of Mm -hmm. Um, in a gift, in a greeting card, in their stocking at Christmas, you know, whatever it is. But these are such beautiful reminders. They just spark um, people to think in a new way. Um, So like others, here's another example. Others may attempt to diminish or dismiss me. I decide if they succeed, (laughs) right? So there's just different thoughts like that to get people thinking differently. This is in right now translated in English. And I've just finished working with a couple of translators um, through the nonprofit, and we have translated this deck into Spanish. So we will be um, offering that hopefully by the end of this month, if not the beginning of February. Um, so that's one product that we have. Um, but eventually, we are, we are going to have uh, services and other things. The next major initiative beyond this product um, that's available, by the way, for a minimum um, $75 donation. When you give that, you get this in the mail. Okay. Um, so um, then we, I, we're developing a webinar series translated into the top five spoken languages. We're starting with those because, you know, we got to start somewhere. So that's English, Spanish, French, um, Mandarin, Chinese, and Hindi. 
So we are translating a webinar series that is called Words to Thrive By. And this is um, phrases that we use, particularly as women, that keep us um, stuck, that keep us feeling like we don't have agency over our life, that keep us from getting the things that we say we want, that keep us making decisions that aren't beneficial to us, and uh, what to say instead. So again, kind of like the lie that we believe and then replacing that with the truth. And so that'll be a live webinar series that will then be offered um, in a recorded format with uh, voice dub as well as um, subtitles in those five spoken languages, and, top five spoken languages. When do you think those are going to be available or at least the first one? That'll be that'll be closer to April, end of March, April, um, just because it takes some time to work with and identify the translators. And mm -hmm. we want to make sure that that's quality uh, material. So um, yeah, so there's that. We're going to start a podcast. Um, and then eventually we will have um, I don't know what the date is for this, but it would be great to have it by 2024. Um, we will have a team of thought coaches that will be providing one-to-one -one individual thought coaching for free or nominal charges through the nonprofit. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. This, this is super exciting. So Dr. Sherry, tell us, tell the listeners how do they uh, connect with you or how do they connect with the nonprofit? Yeah. Sure. Um, absolutely. Well, I love when people connect with me. In fact, I make some of my most um, fond introductions and connections on Instagram Okay. Uh, with people that I've never met. So yeah, uh, give me a follow over on Instagram. It's at dr.sherryspeaks, um, two R's and an I. So dr.s-h-e-r-r-i-s-p-e-a-k-s. Um, follow me on Instagram, follow me on uh, Facebook at Dr. Sherry. Um, and you message have a lot. me. You have a lot on YouTube as well. Yeah, right? and I, yeah, Dr. Sherry speaks on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, you can message me on any of those platforms. I don't know if you can message me on YouTube, but you can message on Instagram or Facebook. Um, as for the nonprofit, you can visit the website, um, which is thrivingthoughtsglobal.com. And and uh, I'll I'll drop all this uh in the Awesome. description later. Thank you. And, um, or you, and you can also please follow us, um, to, to hear about what we're doing, to hear the seven pillars right now, we're starting off 2022 with uh, the seven pillars of a thriving thought world. So you can check that out on our Instagram and Facebook pages and our YouTube channel at thriving thoughts global. A lot going on. It's that, great stuff. Really great stuff. I, I'm so thankful that you were able to get on here and, and share what you're doing because I, I just think what you have to say and share is really valuable and can make such an impact. Thank for you. Yeah, I, I believe it too, or else I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And that's one of your truths. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so is there anything you want to leave our listeners with today, Dr. Sherry? You've shared so much. Um, no, just other than um, just remember that you um, always have a choice. I like to encourage people with that because so many times in our lives, we can lie to ourselves and we can say literally out loud, I don't have a choice. I don't mm -hmm. have a choice in the matter. You always have a choice. It may be choices that you don't consider optimal. But you always have one. And when you recognize that, you recognize the power that you have over your life to make it what you say you want. I love that. 
I love that. So, and Dr. Sherry, do you still work with people individually or? I do. Yeah. I still offer individual thought coaching. So that's all done via video. So I have, I'm very transparent. Um, I, I would love to chat with you. I have a free 15 minute call to chat about what that looks like. And I have minimum packages starting at four sessions. I don't do one-offs. Um, eventually if you're a thought coaching client of mine for some time and you say, Hey, I want to check in, of course, Mm -hmm. but one session isn't going to cut it. This is hard work. I barely, Um, barely scratches the surface. I imagine. Yeah. So it's for, it's for women specifically. I do have a couple of male clients, but it is specifically for women who are uh, looking to clean up their thought worlds so that their real worlds start to look a little different. And uh, those start at four session packages and go up from there. So yeah, message me and we can chat, see if it's a good fit. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much and have a beautiful day. Uh, Thank you. You too. We're going to make it a great 2022, right? That's right. Make it a great day. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Thank you for joining us on Unbreakable Spirit. To learn more about Jennifer and her holistic weight loss approach, visit her website at sevencompany.com. That's the number seven company.com. And please join us for our next episode where we'll hear from more women who overcame hardship and learned how to thrive.